Thanks for joining us online today. If you'd like to join the conversation, connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We hope that you'll enjoy this message. Welcome everybody. My name is Matt Keller. I am the founding and lead pastor of Next Level Church and we are one church in multiple locations. So here's what that means. That means that right now there are three places that this whole deal is happening. So whether you're at our Fort Myers location or our Gateway location or a Coconut Point movie theater location, welcome to all of you. So pumped about all that God is doing in all three of our locations because we are one church in multiple locations. Well, uh, this man, what an exciting time to be a part of Next Level Church. You heard about Easter a moment ago. Golly, golly, Andy. Griffith show. What up, dog? Hey, so I'm on fire. You know why? Because I'm excited. I'm excited about Easter coming up in just a few weeks. Also, you guys, a couple of really, really cool opportunities before we get into our message this weekend that I want to make you aware of. So if you've been around Next Level for any period of time, then you've probably heard us talk about Compassion. Compassion International. We are a Compassion Church, and Compassion International is a global uh, ministry whose vision is to release children from poverty in Jesus' name. And so Compassion International strategy is relational. It's one-to-one. -one. And right now, in 26 different nations of the world, there are 1.8 million children who are sponsored for $38 a month from people just like you and I. Well, over the last three and a half years as a church, think of this, our, the families, the individuals who make up Next Level Church, together we have sponsored over 700 Compassion Kids in the last three and a half years. Yeah, that's incredible. It's just awesome, isn't it? So last, week, uh, last December, Sarah and I had the opportunity to lead almost 20 Next Levelites which is you and I, okay, Next Levelites. Okay, so I was speaking at a conference this weekend, or last this week, last week, in Atlanta, and it was hosted by a church called Twelve Stone Church in Atlanta, Twelve Stone Church, and the pastor, Kevin Myers, is a good friend of mine, and so I was actually interviewing him during this event for, for pastors and church leaders, and he told us during the interview that they refer to the people who are a part of Twelve Stone as stoners. Listen, if they can be stoners, we can be next levelites. Can I get an amen? We're good to go, all right? So, next levelites, here's the deal. Uh, I, Sarah and I had the, the opportunity to lead this trip in December with, with about 20 of our, our next level church folks. And uh, we went to the village where, for the last three years, we have what's called a CSP, a child survival program. So, essentially, we as a church partner with that church in the mountains of Peru, a little village called Chalamarca, to um, essentially rescue and save mothers, pregnant mothers, and ch small children, like under the age of three, like incredible. So we took a bunch of our kingdom builders with us to go down to our village, and I'm telling you, 
It is the ends of the earth. It was like over a whole day of travel, crazy to get to the mountains of Peru. But we finally get to this church in Chalamarca, and it was incredible. So while we're there, four different families on that trip uh, of our, our people had the opportunity to meet their compassion child that they sponsor. It was incredible, like unbelievable. So this pastor has a vision. They have uh, uh, close to 500 kids sponsored in there. He has a vision for a thousand kids. So when we left that week, here's what I knew. I knew that God had knit our hearts from church to church with them. So I contacted our compassion rep here on the States when we got back in the States. And I said, hey, we want first dibs. That if there are kids who need sponsors or if you add new kids to that, you know, church, we feel like every couple years, God willing, we want to go back. And so would you give us first dibs on those kids? Well, guys, guess what? They contacted us a few weeks ago. And listen to this. There are 106 kids from that one individual project, that church, who need sponsors. And I'm like, well, bring it on. So in all three of our locations, out in the lobby or in the foyer, we have a table set up. And there are packets that look like this with 106 of those kids. And my family, we personally as a family sponsor five Compassion Kids. And I just have a feeling that little Yenny, whose birthday is July 28th, is she's probably coming home with us. I'm just telling you. So would you do me a favor? Before you leave your location this weekend, would you just take a second, stop by the table, and just pray, God, what would you have me and my family do? And if, you, if you've never sponsored a child before, maybe this is, this is your opportunity to grab one of those packets. And, and maybe in the future, you'll have a chance to go and visit and meet your kid. If you already sponsor a, a compassion child, maybe God would prick your heart. Come on, let's believe together that 106 kids can get sponsors this week at Next Level Church. Will you believe that with me? Amen. So the other thing I want to do is uh, I want to draw your attention to something that the guys in the, the announcement video talked about, and that is next weekend is our first quarter generosity offering challenge. And so around here at Next Level Church, we not, we're not just a tithing church. We believe in bringing the first 10% back into the storehouse where we're fed, but we're a generous church. And so God has called us to not just do the minimum, but to go above and beyond and live generous lives. And so for us, each year we say, a goal. So this year, our goal is to raise $1.5 million above and beyond that fuels and funds our people, places, partnerships, and projects. And so the way we do that at Next Level Church so that we can all participate is once a quarter, every quarter, we kind of break that challenge down. Well, this is Q1. And so this quarter, our first quarter goal is $270,000. Now, here's the cool part. Already, because of this little tribe of people inside of our church known as Kingdom Builders, we've already raised 95000 of that 270000 How awesome is that, you guys? So great. So here's, here's the point. I just want to challenge you this weekend as your pastor, as a voice of influence in your life. Listen, would you pray this week? about what God would want you to do above and beyond to participate. And one of the, the big um, projects or whatever it is inside of this is our Dream Center. Most of you know, if you've been around Next Level, um, that on November the 8th of last year, we purchased a 46,000-square-foot old grocery store turned charter school right on Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard downtown in the communities that we've been working in and serving in for the last nine years. And so uh, we, we're going to be calling that the Fort Myers Dream Center. So let me give you a quick update on that. 
Um, so so uh, we, we've purchased it. It's ours. And so right now we've hired a Dream Center director, and she is getting herself established, and she is unbelievable. She is awesome, and she is taking the bull by the horns. We're also working with uh, architects and design, you know, GCs and all of that stuff to kind of figure out the master plan of how we can best, you know, fit this thing and build this big old building out to be able to serve the needs of our city for a long, long, long time. So uh, we're excited already. We're doing outreaches. We've been doing it for nine years. Third Saturday serve days where we're impacting the kids and we're going out with our orange t-shirts and we're serving the community and we're amping that up even more. So listen, if, if right now something's stirring in your heart and you're like, yeah, that's me. Like, hey, I'm interested. Uh, I want to serve our community. Well, guess what? Get yourself an orange shirt, baby. Let's go. Talk to one of the people at Next Steps right now at one of your locations after service. You know why? Because we're serving our city. This is what God's doing at Next Level. It ain't just for what's happening inside our four walls or 12 walls, as it were. Hey, it's about what we're doing out there. Amen? So that's what we're going to do. So I just wanted to give you an update on the Dream Center and then tell you next weekend, come ready. This is an all skate. Okay, we all get to participate above and beyond and see God use our church in incredible ways. Well, this is part four of our slam dunk series. And uh, I want to I turn our attention to Jeremiah chapter 18. So if you have a Bible, if you have a Bible app on your phone or whatever, turn with me to Jeremiah 18 because I want you to see a specific uh, example inside the Word of God where God would use common, natural, ordinary, everyday stuff to essentially speak a, a prophetic, a, a powerful word to his people. So Jeremiah in the Old Testament was a prophet. He was kind of God's spokesperson to God's people. And so God speaks to Jeremiah and he gives him this really kind of cool illustration with something that was sort of a common, everyday, ordinary thing in their world. Look at this. Jeremiah chapter 18, starting in verse 1, says this. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you my message. Verse 3. So, Jeremiah speaking, I went down to the potter's house, and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot shaping it as seemed best to him. Okay, time out. What's going on? Here's what's happening. God basically shows up to the preacher of the day, the spokesperson of the day, Jeremiah, kind of a guy who does what I do for God's people back then. And he speaks to him and he says, hey, I want you to go down to the potter's house because when you get there, I'm going to speak to you out of what, what you see. So Jeremiah gets up, and he goes down to the potter's house, and he looks in the window, or he looks through the door, and he sees the potter working with this pot, this clay pot on the wheel, but the, all of a sudden, the potter realizes that there's a flaw in it, there's a nick in it, whatever, and so what's he do? He like crushes it, and he starts all over, and he shapes it into another pot, and then look what verse 5 says. After Jeremiah's looking on at this everyday occurrence, this potter working on the wheel, verse 5. Then the word of the Lord came to me. Jeremiah looked at something that was an everyday thing in their world. 
And God spoke a prophetic word for God's people from that ordinary natural thing. So let me tell you what happened to me. A little over a week ago, I woke up early one morning, which I do a lot in my life. I feel like Thomas Edison. <laughs> get up at all hours and just work a little bit and then sleep a little bit and get up. And So I got up early, and so I went into my, my office. I have this big gray chair that I sit in, and I sit down in my thinking chair and think, think, think. <laughs> just kidding. A little Blue's Clues reference. Anyway. My kids are teenagers. Give, give me some grace. So I sit down about a week ago in my gray chair. And as I open the drawer to reach in and take out my Bible, the Lord speaks to me and says, Matt, turn to Jeremiah 18 because I want to show you something. And I'm going to reveal it to you through the game of basketball. In the same way that Jeremiah, that God used something normal and ordinary and everyday example to speak a prophetic word to God's people with Jeremiah, I'm going to do that with you for God's people through basketball. And so I pick up my Bible and I sit it down and as I lean back, literally within about three minutes time, God spoke a prophetic word from the simple, ordinary, everyday game of basketball that all of us watch all the time. And God spoke to me in about three minutes, a prophetic word that I believe is for so many of us who are a part of Next Level Church this weekend. So listen, whatever service you're in right now, guess what? I don't believe it's an accident. I believe your presence in the service you're in right now is God-ordained. I believe it's not a mistake, it's not an accident. However you got here, maybe somebody promised to buy you breakfast after this, or somebody you know, promised to watch babysit your kids if you'll come to church with them one time. Hey, whatever. Listen, it's not a mistake. It's not an accident that you are in this service right now. Because I believe God's given me a prophetic word from the simple illustration of the game of basketball for us this weekend. And I think as I sat there in my gray chair, I started thinking about the game of basketball. And as I did, all of a sudden I realized that in the game of basketball, there are different kinds of shots that basketball players can take. And all of a sudden, within, seriously, within the span of about three minutes, I had this, this, this idea. I saw five kinds of shots that we take as well. And maybe you want to take notes this weekend and follow along with me. The first kind of shot that basketball players take is the layup, is the layup. It's the basics, right? Like, isn't it interesting? Have you ever wondered why after halftime, right before the second half starts, when all of the players come out, why they always do layup drills? Like, why are the best players in the world Steph Curry, like LeBron James, right? Like we're watching March Madness right now. Like why are these, these the best players in the game of basketball today, why do they have to come out and do simple layup drills? What's up with that? Like does Steph Curry really need to do layup drills? Apparently. Here's the reason why. Why would a coach have their players, these all-stars, these world-class basketball players, do layup drills? Here's why. Because the coach understands that the basics are the foundation for everything else in the game of basketball. 
And what's true in basketball is true for us as well. That the basics are the foundation for everything else we do in our spiritual life. So my first challenge to us this weekend, Next Level Church, is how are you doing at the basics? Have you forsaken the basics? When was the last time you did some layup drills? When was the last time you came out at halftime and instead of going for all the crazy shots, just did some layups? What am I talking about? I'm talking about reading God's Word, the Bible. That's a basic for us. God says, hey, I will speak to you if you will prioritize my word every single day. And around here, next level, like literally at all of our resource centers, all three locations, we have these exact Bibles. Like this is the exact Bible I use on the weekend. They're available in the resource center. No excuses. We have what we call soap guides that are these these guides that literally we it show, walk you through how to read a chapter of the Bible and apply it to your life every single day. I'm just telling you, this is what the basics are all about. And so as I was sitting there in my gray chair, you know, considering this idea, the game of basketball, the first shot the Lord spoke to me about was, hey, the layup, the basics. So here's my first challenge to you next level. How are we doing at the basics? Where do we need to recommit to the basics? Reading God's word every day, applying it to our life. So the second shot that came to me while I was sitting there in my gray chair was the half-court shot. The half-court shot. And when I think about the half-court shot, I think about prayer. Okay, so do you guys remember in part one of our Slam Dunk series that we did the half-court shot challenge? Remember that, Kay? And I don't know if you heard or not, but at our Fort Myers location in our last service of the day on Sunday, a guy actually hit the shot. Yeah, did you know that? Like, did you see it? It was awesome. He hit the shot. His name is Glenn, and he's a beast. He hit the shot. Okay, but you probably saw that. You probably heard about Glenn and his shot at Fort Myers. Woo, okay. But what you probably didn't hear is that in week one of Slam Dunk, Pastor Matt was at Coconut Point. And I don't know if you know this or not. Come on, Coconut Point. But my name got called. To take the shot. Okay, what actually happened is a woman, her name and number got called. And when she walked by me, she said, I don't want to take the shot. And I said, I'll take the shot for you. So I substituted myself in to take the shot at Coconut Point. And so first service, 9 a.m., I'm at Coconut Point. I'm down there. And they pass me the ball. And I line it up. And I'm thinking one thought. Don't leave it short. And so I throw even up there, half-court shot, and it drills the back wall of the movie theater. And so I did something that nobody else who took the half-court shot got to do. I asked for another shot. So they gave me the ball. Turns out I'm in charge around here. So they gave me the ball, and I lined up again, and I took another shot, and I missed it completely. But I had so much fun because I'm from Indiana, and it's kind of, basketball is kind of what we do in Indiana. That and corn. And so second service, what would you know? My name got called again. <laughs> so I came up at 1045 Coconut, and I took three shots this time. But the middle shot, and come on, can I get an amen? 1045 at Coconut, you know who you are. You were there. You witnessed the, 
almost miracle. Okay, so second shot, I back up, you know, and I, I throw it up. And okay, if this is the rim, it goes, front of the rim, one foot. I missed it. And in that moment, that half-court shot moment, I turned to God and said, why? Prayer. Prayer. Half-court shots make us want to pray. At least it did for me. Here's the point prayer. As I was sitting in my great chair a week ago, just kind of considering the, this, this idea of the basketball and how God wanted to speak to our church, here's what I sense. I just sense that this prayer thing, listen, can't be understated. Here's what Jesus said about prayer. Matthew chapter 6, when you pray, he said, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. He's like, hey, when you pray, don't go out in the middle of everybody and, and pray. Here's how you're supposed to pray. Verse 6, when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who's unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, verse 7, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask. Jesus said, hey, this prayer thing needs to be a part of your life. Every day, this is a shot I want you to be taken. So Next Level Church, let me challenge you this weekend. How's your prayer life? Come on. What if, think of this, what if... Every single one of us who are part of Next Level Church, what if every one of us who are followers of Jesus this weekend, from now to summer, so call it essentially, it's basically the end of March to the 1st of June, what if for the next 60 days, every single one of us who, who are followers of Jesus, fully engaged followers of Jesus, made a list of six things, six prayer requests, and for the next 60 days, we bombarded the throne of God with our requests. What if, come on, you guys, how many prayer requests could God answer if we just ask them? Come on, let me inspire you. Let me encourage your faith this weekend. You know why? Because we have a God who loves to reward when we, what we do in secret. He loves to answer our prayers. So here's your homework. Write down six main prayer requests that are just banging you in the head right now. That when you think about what are the six things for the next 60 days I want to beseech the throne of God for. What would I just said beseech. <laughs> Get you some King James on that. <laughs> I beseech thee therefore in the sight of God and the face of these witnesses. Hebrews 1. Oh. Hey. Let's bombard the throne. Let's beseech the throne of God. Why? Because he just might hear an answer. Some of us, you need to start banging on the, 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 the horns of the altar, the throne of God for your marriage, for your kids, for, for, for your coworkers, for lost people around you in your neighborhood. Let's take it to God and see what he does. Half-court shot. Here's the third shot. The alley-oop. The alley-oop. When you think about... The game of basketball, the third shot, is alley-oops. And when I think about an alley-oop, I think it's all about relationships. It's all about relationships. When it comes to the alley-oop, you know what's better than a slam dunk in the game of basketball? An alley-oop. Right? Like when somebody comes down and gets a fast break and they slam dunk it, we're all like, oh, 
But when somebody comes down on a fast break and instead of slam dunking it, they bounce it off the backboard and the person, the trailer behind them grabs it and dunks it and they alley-oop it like that. You know what we do? We don't go, oh, we go, oh, oh my goodness. We freak out, right? Why? Because the only thing better in the game of basketball than a slam dunk is an alley-oop. What's an alley-oop? An alley-oop is when someone gives up their own gain for someone else's gain. Relationship. Serving one another. Here's how Jesus said it. John chapter 13, verse 35. Jesus said it this way. He said, but this, by this, everyone will know that you're my disciples. By what? He tells us. If you love one another. If you love one another. By this. Everyone will know that you're my disciples. What's the call of Jesus for our life? The call of Jesus for our life is the alley-oop. It's setting up someone else. It's, it's laying down ourself so someone else can prosper, so someone else can score, so someone else can get ahead, so someone else can get a leg up, score some points. The alley-oop. So come on, next level. Let me challenge you this weekend from this simple, everyday, common illustration of the alley-oop from basketball. How are you doing at serving other people? How are you doing at serving in your relationships? Come on, husbands. How are we doing at laying down our life for our wife? The Bible tells us, husbands, love your wives. Like Christ loved the church and laid himself down for her. Marriage is hard. Marriage is about self-sacrifice. Come on. How are we doing at serving someone else? How are we doing at serving our spouse, serving our kids? How are we doing at serving in our church and in our community? Listen, Next Level Church, we don't exist for ourselves. We exist for those out there. And I just want to challenge you, man. Some of us, come on. (laughs) Here's the thing. Life has a way of causing us to be self-focused, doesn't it? That if occasionally we aren't reminded and kind of prodded to re-up, what eventually happens is we just kind of get our head down on our needs and our wants and our situations and our problems and our stuff and our inefficiencies and our struggles and our pain and our blah, 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 and all of a sudden it's our hopelessness, right? What's the cure for that? Love one another. Jesus said the greatest commands, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and what? Love your neighbor as yourself. Another basketball illustration, and one. Love God and love others. It's the and one. That's the alley-oop. Here's the fourth shot as I sat there in my gray chair about a week or so ago and thought about, pondered, considered, as the King James says, Jeremiah watched the potter, and then it says, then I considered... As I considered the game of basketball, the fourth shot that came to my mind just in that three-minute period of time was the three-pointer. The three-pointer. And for me, this was about confidence. See, the three-point shot is not the easiest shot in the world to take and make, is it? Anybody who's ever played the game of basketball, you know this is true. I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm from Indiana. (laughs) And in a basketball series, I just feel compelled to tell you that over and over and over again, because in Indiana, we either play basketball or farm or both. (laughs) And so 
I grew up, man, watching Indiana basketball. My dad was a basketball coach. And so, like, one of the, one of the greatest three-point shooters of all time from Indiana University was a guy named Steve Alford. Now, he's now the head coach of the UCLA Bruins uh, in, the, in, you know, in college basketball. But I knew him as a player. And back in the mid to late 80s, Steve Alford was the best three-point shooter ever. Like before Steph Curry was Steph Curry, Steve Alford had his own VHS training tape that my brother and I had called the Steve Alford Workout. And we'd go out in the driveway, and my dad put up a hoop, and my brother and I would put up folding chairs, and you had to shoot over, and one of us would shoot, and the other one would rebound because we were Steve Alford, and we had really high socks and really short shorts, and we were awesome. And we'd just be out there shooting uh, three-pointers. So fast forward about 30 years. A few weeks ago, I'm playing basketball with my boys, wherever we were, doing something. And so I'm out at the three-point line, and I'm like, rebound, boys, watch this. And so I take about, you know, three shots. And by like the fourth shot, my kids pass me back the ball, and I'm like, hold on. Did they move this line back? Because back in my day, it was 19 feet, 9 inches. But I feel like, man, it's kind of, it's way out here. And I got tired. And all of a sudden, I realized after three or four shots, I'm not very good at this. So what was my natural inclination? To move in. Why am I killing myself taking three-pointers when I can go right underneath the basket and look like the man? Hey, it's easy for us to do that in life, isn't it? It's easy for us to take a three-point shot, take a risk, get stretched a little bit, and then when things get hard, instead of re-upping and taking another three-pointer and having confidence in God, instead we just move in. So many of us are playing it safe underneath the basket. So many of us are underneath the basket just going, oh, I'm just, you know, whatever. Hey! There's three-point potential in you. Stop playing it safe in your life. See, three-pointers stretch us. And here's what God spoke to me as I considered the three-point shot a week or so ago in my gray chair. God spoke to me and said, Matt, I use stretching to build confidence, not in, in of ourselves, not in our own strength, not in our own abilities, but I use stretching to build confidence in your faith in me. And here's what I believe next level this week, and I believe that God's speaking to some of us that it's time to stretch again. It's time to take a few three-point shots. Some of you, God wants to stretch you by you sharing your faith with someone at work. God wants to stretch you by an Easter invitation to someone who you think would be completely against coming to church with you on Easter. God wants to stretch us in our life by serving somebody, what we've been talking about. God wants to stretch us. Some of you, it's financially. It is the generosity offering challenge next weekend. And God, through this whole service, has been just speaking to you going, hey, I want you to go big on that one. I want you to do that for the least of these. I want you to participate in that in a big way. God wants to stretch us. Three-point shot. So there I was in my gray chair a week or so ago, considering, like Jeremiah considered, the potter and the wheel. And I sat there considering the game of basketball. And I considered the layup. And I considered the alley-oop. And I considered the half-court shot and the three-pointer. And then number five, 
the Lord just brought to my mind the free throw. The free throw. Freedom from a foul. And this is really where I just felt so stirred in my spirit for us this weekend. Because I just believe there are some of us, so many of us, who are in one of our services this weekend. And you are underutilizing the fouls that have been committed against you. Here's what the Lord spoke to me. What is a free throw or a foul shot? A free throw is a free throw at the basket. You get a free shot. Why? Because someone has done something wrong, committed a foul against you, and the punishment for that foul is that you get a free, unguarded shot to score more points. And here's what the Lord spoke to me sitting in my great chair that morning. God just spoke to my heart and said, Matt, there are so many people who have come into church this weekend and an offense has been done to them. A foul has been committed. Someone has wronged them in their near past, in their distant past. Someone, a family member, a spouse, a husband, a wife, a loved one, a boss, a coworker, a, 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 a classmate, a coach, an authority figure somewhere in our past either recent or, or distant, has fouled us, has committed a wrong against us, has offended us, has wounded us. And the referee, God, is looking at us saying, hey, you get two shots, two free throw shots. You get an opportunity with this foul to advance the ball, to run up the score to look more like Jesus. But instead of taking the ball from the ref, I just felt so strongly that many of us have come in this weekend and we've been fouled and offense has been done. We've been wounded by someone. And instead of taking the ball and taking the free throws to score more points and look more like Jesus, instead we've just looked at the ref and went, no, 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 I'm fine. I don't want any shots. And we've closed our arms and we've closed off our heart and we've closed off our mind and said, forget it. I just want to be mad at the person who fouled me. You're not taking advantage of the foul. Listen, we can't undo what's been done. What's been done to us has been done to us. Do we wish we could undo it? Yes, but we can't. So what can we do when someone's wronged us, when someone's offended us, when someone's wounded us, when someone's hurt us, when someone's fouled us? You know what we can do? We can take that hurt, we can take that pain, we can take that open wound, and we can run to the cross of Jesus, our Lord, and we can throw it to Him and say, God, I want to be free. I want to be set free. I don't want to hold on to this offense any longer. Some of us have been holding on to offense, and it's like we've drank poison, and we keep waiting for the other person to die. It's not going to happen. Some of us feel like, well, Matt, if I forgive them, if I let them off the hook, then they're just going to go scot-free. Hey, God's the ref. Okay, retribution, keeping score, retaliation. Hey, the ref knows who committed the foul. You got to trust him. Our responsibility is not to keep track of those people's fouls. Our responsibility is to take care of our heart. So this weekend, listen, at all of our locations, your, your, your worship team's going to come back on stage. 
your campus pastor is going to come back on stage. And we've intentionally built in a few minutes here at the end of our time together. Because one of our main core values, our number one core value is set free to be. And some of us need to be set free this weekend so that we can be everything God wants us and created us to be. It's time to stop holding that grudge. It's time to stop holding on to unforgiveness. It's time to start forgiving and showing grace. Take the free throw shots. God wants you to score more points. He wants you to become more like Him. But the way to do that is to step up to the line and take the shot. So as the worship teams join, as campus pastors join me on stage, Father, right now I just pray for every single one of us who've come into our church this weekend. Lord, so many of us, hundreds of us, have had a foul committed against us. But right now, in this moment, we step up to the line. God, some of us are scared, we're nervous. But Lord Jesus, I pray over these next few minutes as we encounter you, that you would do a good work in us. Lord, help us to become more like you. Help us to make these free throw shots, these free opportunities to become a more fully engaged follower of Jesus Christ. So Lord, move in our hearts, I ask. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for watching today. If your life has been impacted through this ministry, we would love to hear your story. Send us an email to mystory@nextlevelchurch.com. We're always encouraged to know how God is using this ministry to change lives. Also, if you want to support what God is doing here, you can do so through our website, nextlevelchurch.com. Your generosity is making an impact here and around the world. Thanks so much for joining us. Have a great week.